Okay, we're starting. Starting. <clears throat> oh, great. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm all right. Okay, you're supposed to, it, it's supposed to be like more energy. Like oh, because I didn't know we really started. We're starting. We're starting the podcast right now, But it now, hasn't Jason. started. What's that? It hasn't started. It has just, started. Oh. I pushed the button. Well, then hell yeah. There you go. That's more like it. You know why hell yeah? Because Chris Pastros is here. Yeah. Oh, dude. It's AKA Dune. It's not it. Yeah. When I got that message, I was like, definitely a yes. Oh, thanks for <laughs> the bird coming. man, Jason Ellis, one of my old friends and buddies I haven't seen in Remember, 10 well, years I think we were in Spain or something, and we yeah, found Portugal. A, Portugal, and mm -hmm. it had a train station, it had a vending machine, then it had yeah. a beer. You and I had our own trip. Yeah. Like the skaters were like doing their thing, <laughs> yeah. and then it was like, Dangerous Dune and Jason Ellis break out like, like uh, we had a good time, casino, man. casino life. Yeah, we yeah. broke down. I was like, yeah, this we is were my like God party right buddies. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody yeah. else was like, nah, man, we don't drink. We're not going anywhere. Jason Maxwell and those guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were like, see ya, uh, see ya. Yeah. But so, I, I remember thinking, I don't think I've had this much fun at a train station in my entire life. <laughs> like, what, I was, how were you at a train station all night? Well, because the vending machine had beer, and yeah. we didn't. There was no pub that we knew about. Oh, so we okay. Just, I, we were like, I think you guys were literally yeah. waiting for a train. We were like, instead of buying yeah. twenty beers out of the vending machine Got and it. going to the room, we just kicked it by the vending machine. Yeah. and had a blast. We oh, were talking yeah. about, I don't know, but it was a blast. I yes. remember thinking that. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, definitely remember us partying. <laughs> what was the connection though for you guys to be touring together? Duff's, Duff shoes. Is that what Duff's. it was? Okay, yeah, it was right. Duff shoes. Got it. Yeah, I'm glad you remember that. Yeah, wonder one of years about that time when That's they did right. just one of years. Those so, are great times. Uh, we have our our synergy is that I mean among other things that you and I started our skate companies around the same time yes. in the max mass exodus yes. year of 1992 when yes. everyone was leaving their sponsors <laughs> starting their own companies. So we're saying I'll never do this again. <laughs> yeah, so it was you and Jason started Blue. Yeah, uh, I started Birdhouse. Lance yeah. started the firm. Tommy and Thebo started real. Mm -hmm. real. Plan B was forming. Yeah, it was it was heavy. A, it was a heavy time. Yeah, I, I remember. I don't know if you remember this, but there was a demo. <clears throat> we were up in like the Italian Alps, and there was a demo going on. And Birdhouse was the de Birdhouse demo was right before the Blue demo. We didn't re we didn't realize this, but me and Cream Campbell and like a couple Italian dudes. Um, the one guy that works for girls skateboards, he's Italian. Fred, what's his name? Frederico. Oh, Feds. Yeah. Yeah. He. We were staying with him. He was like our tour guide, and um, we got driven to the skate park. We're walking through like just an empty field to the vert ramp and a small street area, and you guys were coming out as we were going in, <laughs> and it was one of those weird moments where Blue and and Birdhouse were just as new or to, to market yeah, kind yeah. of, and it was like just happening to pass you get pass you on the street, and I remember you were like, "Hey, dude." And I'm like, Hey Tony, <laughs> he knows my name. No way, he knows. I came away from that like, Kareem, Tony Hawk knows my name. Oh my god! <laughs> and it was like you and Willie and maybe like uh, Ocean's House. It would probably have been yeah. Matt Beach. Matt Beach, I think. And we like um, high fived and like might have been Zitzer. A couple nods and yeah, a changing of the guard. Then we had the blue demo. Yeah, well, and we had to match, try to match you guys, man. That was not an easy act to follow. 
<laughs> yeah, especially oh. if there was like a vert ramp in the corner somewhere. Yeah, well, that's that's uh, that's our hook. Rune, that's Gl- Rune, Runa was there. Rune Glifford. Oh, because we we was flip and birdhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And yep. yeah, he, I remember thinking he was so stylish, and he had like he was wearing beat up uh, jeans, no like no socks, like just like weird shit you notice, you know what I mean? But he was like look like look like he just like walked off of like I don't even know like a a, a Nordic adventure or something <laughs> like yeah but cool did. you know he probably did um, but yeah anyway I remember meeting him that time too and then we went off it's funny off. those years because yeah. um, we were you know I'm sure you were working just as hard trying to start up a skate company yeah with very little audience or fanfare so we're booking demos yeah in the most remote random places for and sure maybe. 50, 100 people would show up. Yeah, that was in the era of like, you still got, you got paid to get do demos, which isn't like, but it would be like. Wait, you got paid? Yeah, <laughs> a couple times. No, it was like three, 400 bucks, which, yeah. you know. For, yeah, to be split. To be, yeah. Yes, like, and yes, here, that you was guys it. Deal we, with our, yourself. our highest paying gig on a birdhouse demo was 400. Yeah. And That's a, lot. a lot of times yeah. it wouldn't give you any money. 300. Or any or, money. Or we, we're going to take you out to eat. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and that's the worst. And I remember a guy you- in New York did that. He's like, well, we get a deal at this Chinese restaurant, so we're going to yeah. take you to this Chinese restaurant where yeah. they, it's cheap. We're like, like what, dude, I was how hungry are we gonna, at one. Now it's five. What about a hotel? And our <laughs> I was doing demos gas. in Australia for, like, cases of beer. <laughs> <laughs> that's when I was trying to sell Ennis. Oh, okay. I, became, I was trying to become the Australian distributor of Ennis because I was friends with Hensley. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, man, you should do it. And that was when I started driving my wife's car to skate shops to sell the T-shirts and shorts or whatever, and they had a signature T-shirt for all the pros, and I was one of them. Yeah. And nobody wanted to buy my one. Ah. And I would just go from store to store selling Jamie Thomas <laughs> in, in a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> nobody wanted nobody, They're like, yeah, we don't oh. want that one. I was like, yeah. oh, that, that's understandable. But yeah, also, 92 was pretty, pretty yeah. picked. Picking, slim how, picking. How did you connect with Jason during that time? Um, you know, it kind of happenstance, but uh, he was riding for Blind, and I was riding for Stereo. I mean, I'm sorry, World. World and Blind. So we toured together a bunch. And summer tours would be like, me and Jason would be like, ship thrift store shopping. Like, you mm. know, we'd be like, drop us off at the, at the uh, you know, whatever, like, Goodwill. You know, and then the guys would go to the mall, buy like gold chains and buy stuff. <laughs> yeah. And we were like looking for like, Scratched Bob Dylan records and like whatever, a cool flannel that was 20 years old or something. And we both had that connection. We were like out of step with like fashion right. and the world. And we were all in our own heads like, yeah, man, we're going to be like Chet Baker and Miles Davis. And like the, we'd listen to jazz <laughs> tapes for hours on end. I smoked a lot of weed back then. So I was stoned. Jason would be buzzed. His thing was red wine. And, um, yeah, we just share creative <laughs> ideas. Bread wine people and, and stoners go together. <laughs> it works. Yeah, similar vibe for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's laid back. Tony Hawk, mate. Sometimes I get real fidgety and I want to do stuff. I need to do things. I got to stop myself from other thoughts. Got any suggestions? Uh, you know what? I think our new sponsor, Fume, is perfect for you. And that's F-U-M, a U with an umlaut. So it's Whoa. Fume, like Motley Crue. 
Fume. I have a lot of bad habits. Does fume come in like one as big as a baseball bat? Maybe you could hit me in the head with it and then I could calm down. <laughs> no, because no, that wouldn't be very portable. Because it's it's not a vape, all right? It's not? It's a non-electronic device designed to transform your negative habits. I need that. Uh, yes. What flavors? Is this peppermint and cinnamon? I like that. So fume's new version 2 model is snappy and tactile. Tactile is touch. Okay, Jason? Yeah, I don't know what that means. Tactile is touch. So you say you need like fidgety touch things. That's what yeah. that means. With an adjustable airflow dial and a magnetic end cap, your fingers will always have something to do. I need my fingers to do something. Can I put it in my pocket? I believe so. That's right. convenient. All right, so the easiest way to stop a bad habit is to switch to a positive one, and Fume is designed perfectly to do just that. It's Fume's goal to make switching easy and even enjoyable. They have thousands of five-star reviews from people just like you who've successfully switched when other solutions just didn't work. Try Fume.com and use the code HVW to save 10% off when you get your journey pack today. The journey pack comes with three unique flavors and a new version two fume to help kickstart your positive habits. That's tryfum.com and use code HVW to save an additional 10% off your order today. Today! But I mean, you guys, you guys would put jazz in your videos. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, little known fact, kind of, but my dad um, was a jazz pianist and but not like super successful, just a jazz musician. So, but he'd tour places, he'd play in New York, play in New Jersey, you know, all that whole set of Connecticut and the circuit of the TriStar area. He would play there and he was also a school teacher. So he's an English teacher. So he would do all of his material work uh, and you'd have to like write an essay about John Coltrane, you know, and uh -huh. he'd force his um, students to like learn about jazz. So does that mean he did that to you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> but that's I, such I, an I couldn't awesome... stand jazz at first. Like it took a long time for me to come around. Like, because you know how it's like you just don't like the, da the music your dad likes. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. if he's a '70s uh, rock guy, you're like, dude, I can't, I can't do this, man. But um, he's not a, he's not into the music. He's in the he's music. He's in the music, so it makes it yeah. different. Yeah, I would kind of want to do that for sure, for sure. And jazz um, is like the, it's the cool, like it's the most. There's such a group of talented people involved yeah. in jazz. So, like, when you spread it out to rock and roll and pop and all the other genres, jazz is, you cannot hate on it. Like, if no. you're a musician, yeah. you, all the jazz bands I've ever seen, yeah. being a little bit of a musician and having musician friends, yeah. jazz is, if you don't respect it, it's because you don't know, you don't know music. Yeah. yeah. And it's they're like, amazing. It's, it's pretty unique because... One of the things that a lot of people don't know about jazz heads and jazz musicians is they all have to be classically trained, oh, basically. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, because they, they, all, they all read music. That, that adds and they, up. Where they're, you know, touring gigs, like, reading music, and, you know, sometimes have requests or whatever, you know. So um, they were all, like, Mingus, Monk, um, God Coltrane. You know, they could all play you Beethoven if you wanted them to. Yeah. But um, the modality and everything and all that, like they, they took a lot from the um, classical music with the right. piano and stuff. My ja dad was a jazz pianist, so um, that makes sense because yeah. like, the I, way I they all I loved go it. off. I loved it. I just grew up on it, and to me, it was like my dad sitting at a Fender Rhodes with a Vincent Vincent and Gallo jugs jugs of wine. Yeah, you know, like a Vincent Gallo jug of red wine on top of the piano. But dad, can we can we play soccer? Oh yeah, kid. Dad, <laughs> Dad, can we play football? One more song. One more song. 
You know, just my dad's back. It's the back of his head and that big bottle of wine and like jazz coming out of it. That's like my earliest. That's, like, that's a core memory. Yeah. So what made you come back around to liking jazz? I liked it. I just didn't. I, was, I loved it. It was like the music of my life. Yeah. I just, you know, I wanted to step out and do something else. So I started following like Devo and The Clash and being like, I don't know, man, the jazz stuff is like a little quacky. Yeah. Whatever, you know? Um, so how did you find skateboarding? Yeah. Um, Easy one. Uh, Rodney Smith, who founded, co-founded Shutskates yep. and New York and stuff like that. Um, his family, his mom was my godmother. And both my parents worked in New Brunswick and a couple towns over. And um, they both did like parent-teacher stuff and like wouldn't get home till like 7, 8 o'clock at night. So I, um, I started staying with my godmother. And Rodney was one of three kids. Um, and all of a sudden, yeah, we're five years different. His, his brother, Eddie's 10 years different, so we're, we're not really hanging out. But five years, you know, I look at Rod as, like, my, my idol. You know, that's why I started playing soccer when I was, like, three or four and um, got super into music. And he would bring home, like, Public Enemy records, like, like Fishbone records and yeah. all that earliest, the earliest stuff, Devo. And, like, I, I remember seeing the Devo video with the pool in it, you know, and be like, wow, man. It's amazing. Uh, oh, freedom of choice. Yeah, freedom of choice. <laughs> and then uh, he had all the old skateboarders and Action Now mags, like early 70s, and or mid-70s. So he got into it first, and then 79, I'm seven years old, it started to, like, click, you know, like all of his magazines and stuff he's bringing over. And um, I remember we had this one massive poster on our wall, and it was the Tony Alva fronted air yep. with the lip-on coping. Yep. And Tony's quaff coming out of the yeah. sides, yeah. like the fedora and stuff. And I was like, I don't know what the hell that is, but I, I want to do that. Like, that's, I want to be that guy. You know, like, yep. um, the rock star, you know, like I, he was my rock star, you know. And, um, and then I puttered around, I skated. We had a, a vert ramp in the backyard, but it was like so, you'd like a guy put his foot through the ramp once. once it's like, it was <laughs> so, it's just like a ply, yeah, we, we one ply thin yeah. and like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And super wonky, but I'd go back there and practice when his mom would allow me or not allow me. I'd just sneak onto it. And they called me Fakey Man because I, I wouldn't turn around. I'd just fake it. Oh, up. I knew a guy that <laughs> you did You know Fakey that. Man? Yeah. The, one of the first guys I ever saw skate a half pipe did that. He didn't look back. There was no flat bottom. And I was freaking out yeah, when I saw I skated it. I was like, yeah. halfway up the ramp. he gets up to the top? Yeah, they were, uh, they'd all go, oh. And I'd be like, what? Like, this is fine. You was know, there flat? Get to the lip. Barely. Yeah, barely. I mean, that, that's this is probably the same. That's time a step frame. above my dude because <laughs> you'd have to actually time your pump through the flat without yeah. looking. Yeah, and so yeah, that you was. Got to bring that back. Yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, DIY, bro. We got DIY is built better than skate parks. With no look back. That is. That sounds so terrifying. <laughs> it does. I just be like, what? What? Well, you're the like, only other guy I've heard of behind me going, oh my god! I'm like, what's going on, guys? What's going on? I can't oh. see. <laughs> Turn around. But I can't see one hurt me. <laughs> Did you have any because of that? Not, not hard enough to, wow. like, to turn me away. Or <laughs> that's, that's amazing. You're the only other person I know that's, that would do that. And, um, and then he built a quarter pipe, and I was like, that was it. Because it was a lip I can skate, and like, he'd, we'd drag it out into the parking lot or the, you know, the parking lot. And I, I remember one time when it, I worked at an electronics store with my dad, and he had a, a, this little, late, this little uh, I think she was Korean. But she was not always nice to me, little little lady, and she got her driver's license, and she was older. She was like forty or thirty-five or something. Yeah, and she could barely That's speak older? English. Well, I was sixteen, okay. so she was older. Yeah, all right. And 
uh, she got her license, and I remember thinking, you're old. <laughs> why would you get your license now? Like, why didn't you get your license when you were 18, you know? Yeah, and yeah. she's like, I, I didn't drive. I, did, I just moved here. And I'm like, okay. And then there was an alleyway out the back, and I was out the back talking to somebody, and she backed her car out of the alleyway looking ahead. At you guys. Uh-huh. No, looking out the front window. Oh. And we were like, what are you, what are you doing? doing? And she's like, what? Mirrors. I'm like, you got to look behind you when you go backwards. <laughs> she was like, oh, I do. And this is way before there was any, like, TV screen that showed you going backwards. Yeah. She was just winging it. And I'm like, nice. what the nice. hell? Dude. You did everyone a service that day. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, it's way better if you, like, you do this. Yeah. Look behind you. <laughs> so, yeah, and that was, you know, when I got into it, 79, music, there was a blend of, like, punk rock and, like, hip-hop, early, early birth of hip-hop stuff, you know? Um, so that was a no-brainer. The music was amazing. Um, but you were you spending time in New York City too? Yeah, that that was part of it. Yeah, a bigger part of it. Like, okay, when I first got my first board, I was nine, and then by the time I was twelve, that's when I started going in the city. Three, three or four years later, um, and my brother had become friends with Mike V. <laughs> yeah, Mike V. Represent, and um, yeah, he had become friends with Mike V. And uh, I knew who Mike was. Just he was like a neighborhood like legend mm. before he was in any of the magazines. Mm-hmm. And he had just come back from Mount uh, Thrath- Thrashmore. Uh, Mount, Mount Trashmore. That's Trashmore. where he got sponsored, right? Trashmore. Yeah, Lance yep. had given him a board. Mm-hmm. And um, Do you know that story of how Mike V got sponsored? Was he doing hand plants in the parking lot? Yeah. 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 Street plants. Street plants, sorry. Yeah. Street and plants in the parking lot. Yeah, and like yeah. Lance and, then and a couple of guys. watching freaking out. Yeah. And pals like, or, and Lance were like, hey. <laughs> Who are you? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get on that. Yeah. So Lance gave him a board. Crazy thing is, I, I found out from Mike later. He didn't know how to get a, a hold of anyone from Powell for like another six months. Oh yeah, <laughs> but it didn't. He didn't matter because in right. our town he was already sponsored by Powell. Yeah, yeah, like, sure. Dude, he got a board yeah. from Lance Mountain. Yeah, he's he, got, he got a pair of those sweatpants. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like a blue shirt that yeah. he never took off, like a blue Lance shirt, <laughs> that teal blue. Um, but so that that kind of that kind of opened my world a, a lot when Mike started coming around mm. to different terrain and you know those guys going in the city. Um, and me basically pleading f- to leave the quarter pipe and go wherever the hell they were going right. for the day. Yeah. Sometimes they'd drag me along, and sometimes I'd have to skate the quarter pipe all day alone. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a pad up? <sighs> yes, major. Because first, my first, first vert ramp besides ours was Tom Graholski's ramp. Yeah. And um, Legend. used to have these open skates on Thursdays. Yeah. So me, Mike V, my friend Kevin, we'd like, Three tra- train rides over and a mile on skate, and we'd be at his ramp Wait, so he, in North Brunswick. He had a ramp, but then on Thursdays it was open to anyone. Yeah. Uh, pretty much. I mean, unless you were. But, like but a was that coup. just was that unspoken, or is that was uh, something you had that to kind of know? You know, you had to kind of know the scene. Like, I don't know. Her, his sister. But you weren't. You weren't. His sister was in a punk rock, and she came to all those um, skate things. We had a roller. Uh, what do you call them? Roller. Roller derby skate things, you know, oh, like yeah. a roller rink converted into like a skate night with jump ramps and stuff like yeah. that. I'm gonna do and, that. Um, so many of those. Yeah, back so then. that was like back then. That was like the version of all we had. Wait, it was roller parts. derby and skateboarding. Well, it, it was, was a rolling it was a rink. roller rink, and, and then, then and then one night a week they would turn into a little whatever jump ramp course. Could you use the roller rink or not? Yeah, use use their flat ground, which was great. Okay, not yeah. the, not the. The bank? No, no, not, not really. Nothing okay. that they had. They didn't. Even, but, some didn't even have banks. So yeah. they were just flat. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Just the super smooth ride. But his sister was always around because she was uh, heavily into like punk music, and the bands used to come through and play 
the venues at the roller rinks. So somehow what word got out, um, and Mike knew first, he was going there first, and then me and Kevin next. But yeah, and Thursday, was that was a day we'd skate and definitely pad up because it was like, the, the ramp was like 15 feet high, maybe 14 feet high, 12 and a half feet wide. So it was like higher than it was yeah. w- wide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, pool coping on one side. So I don't yeah. even know how we learned anything, like That's on a so 12 foot wide, yeah. massive. Yeah. And, um, he was you legend. can't carve because the ramp's so skinny, but it's got concrete coping. And he's doing a million lip tricks. I bet. Yeah. And um, he would, like, kind of cool out in his basement, and his room was, like, right there. So he'd, like, come check us out, just smoke a little herb and watch us. And, like, yeah. we were, it was, like, the Grom day, you know what I mean? And he was yeah. just being nice to us, just letting That's us. That's awesome. Though. Yeah, and, and his dad was, like, a super cool advocate for skateboarding. Uh, rest in peace. He was an awesome dude, and he would, um, he would you know, bring out, like, water or whatever, yeah. snacks every once in a while, but... Because yeah, you always but, had a respect for vert skating. I think oh, that's yeah. how we bonded, because that was back in the in the days of... Vert was incredibly uh, unpopular. That, but that also, was, it, on yeah. the East Coast, it was oh, impossible, It was, right? yeah, like, that's a big difference between here and back home. Like, growing up on the East Coast, you had to skate vert pretty much. Uh, like, I didn't have any friends that didn't skate transitions back in 79 right. to 84. Like, you had to Because there all. was a wave of people that could not ride transition. There yeah, was, that was kind of like, yeah. if you could ride it, it was not a good look. Yeah, yeah, that's that's getting up, up into like 88, 89, 90. Yep. But, um, yeah, so Mike uh, t- taught my brother a lot. There was also this guy that was apparently was a sponsored pro surfer that lived on our block, Dave Jossack or something. I can't remember that dude's name, but... He had a little tiny bank from a driveway along his pad, and he would come out there and surf skate the bank, you know, that was super tiny. And I, so we, we had to follow suit. You know, even when, before I was, like, really a big-time skater, I just had my like, little yellow chicken stick. But we would carve that bank, skate Rod's ramp, and that was it. We were set. Right. Streak skating was, like, kind of not there yet. Like, it was kind of there, but... I it was more, I, I feel like it was, it was more out of uh, necessity in yeah. New York. Yeah. So um, when did it show up? When I mean, you... for us, honestly, the Bones Brigade video show. That's when, like, street skating for us, like, yeah. became, like, Lance. and I, gollies. I'm, I want to interview that? Tony a little bit about this because did, um, how did that video, like, did Stacy envision that whole thing? Like, did he think that it was going to invent, like, modern-day street skating kind of by making Lance <laughs> go around town and connecting <laughs> no, the dots? it was... It, uh, I, I think I don't know if Stacy had such high hopes. Uh-huh. He was trying to present skateboarding in all its forms. Oh, okay, but I think that the, the Lance thing—the reason that he had Lance in there was to take you from each segment, Spot. yeah, section. So it was more like Lance cruising the street was like his segue to, to yeah. okay. That's kind of for my figured. part. Like Lance goes into the skate shop, he sees my board, then it goes into my video. Yeah, right, exactly. And then, but but then all the stuff in between. Was just Lance goofing around. Yeah, and yeah. and people took that and were like, "Oh, that's this is this is street skate. streets." Yeah, yeah. Um, like and then there were obviously slides, boneless, smashing. Yeah, the, all know, that tail, stuff was just tail you smack. Know, it was all born out of our, our transportation. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. And then Lance was really the best person to sort of bridge that gap. Yeah, in a mature be, enough way. That, in a fun way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, I don't. I don't think Stacy. Stacy just wanted to show what skateboarding, what skateboarding was okay. in all forms. Is there um, any truth to street skating being invented by John Lucero in the skate park at Upland? I, I think like so. Tony would know more than me. Well, it, it, it slappies. Is that yeah. what? So at Whittier, yeah. Skate City, 
John and Lance and Jeff Grosso were always getting kicked out. Yeah. Always. <laughs> for Wait, Lance would get kicked out? Of course. Just obnoxious because kids it was a business and they wanted they wanted them to pay to skate and they would never pay to skate so they just kick them out or because they whatever did some of the bathroom or because they were pranksters. I mean, Grosso, sure. So they would Lance. be outside, but they wanted to be at the skate park. Yeah. So they Capping they figured everybody. out how to skate the curb and they 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 recreated slappies. Right. Okay. Because they were so bored. That's so funny. Right. There was a Mexican place in that same. It was a strip mall that mm. was Whittier was in. And there was, a, I'll never forget, there was a Mexican place right in the center of the strip mall that that was the go-to for wow. everyone. Yeah. They hated <laughs> skaters. They hate, I didn't even, I'd never been there. I walked in and I, I guess I looked like a skater. I'm like, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. No, I mean, early before that video, I mean, we were street skating, but we were just kind of pushing around and there was like, you know, the skateboard books that you'd find in your library and be like, yeah. acid drop, 360s, yeah. the Tic Tac, you know, the headstand. Wow. The rollout, the rollaway, yeah. how, to, how to fall. And um, we just followed that. But that was so early, and there was no, like, real tricks in there. It was just, like, a bunch of footwork. When did you know that you had something? You mean skateboarding That's, had yeah, something? skill-wise. Uh, hmm. When I started, ha we started to have these contests in the back of school, but I would be the organizer. I'd be, yeah. like, the dude to make all the art for them. And I'd win them all. <laughs> and my other friends were like, well, we don't like Chris. Like, Chris wants to play his game again. He wants us to go in the back of school. And we can't do it. You know, like they're just like, dude, no. So eventually they're like, Pastors, no, we're not gonna give you a trophy this weekend. We're not gonna let you beat us. We're just not gonna participate. We're gonna play football. Oh, I, you actually scared them straight. Like they're not even they, they can't. They're like, That's cool, man. I don't yeah. I don't, <laughs> Harsh. There's like maybe one or two other kids that were really That's one way to keep the population down. Kid yeah. named Kim Chico and a couple of dudes that, you know, I were my compatriots. Homies. Your posse. Homies, yeah, that's what we'll say. I'm getting tongue tied. My son <laughs> said homie to me uh this morning in a text Compadre, there we go. He said, I, I want to hang with my homies. And I just let it go. <laughs> and I was like, you got homies. I'm thinking to myself, you just unleash the homies. So that means that when you're not around dad, you're going to go see the homies. And I'm like, <laughs> it's just crazy to know that you've got homies. Uh, Why got, is that so? Because he's a little kid and now he's like 13 <laughs> and he's got homies. Oh, it's different. I, it's like going to my friend's house and going to my like, homies I've house. Had, I've had I'm like many, homies You house. know the true test, are you smoking blunts? Right. <laughs> Don't do that. That's terrifying. That's what I mean. It's the starter kit. Homies. It's a gateway. Well, that's the gateway. I'm hanging with my homies. Yeah. Yeah. That's a sir. Right, that's a leap. <laughs> I've had many 13 year olds. Paranoid father. Let me yeah. go. <laughs> many 13 year olds. But yeah. They, so, they hang with their homies. Some yeah. actually just do hang with their homies. I hope so. Jason. Yes, Tony Hall. We live in a world that's more digital than ever. Did you know that? I did. I've started to realize that. With nearly every want or need just a tap away. Tap. Get me good at stuff. <laughs> they haven't figured that out yet. Tap. Where's my hair? Just saying. It's not that great. <laughs> And so many of our favorite digital services seamlessly meet the physical world when they're delivered to your front door. But until now, that hasn't been true for crypto. Right. Crypto is tricky to actually get out of digital oh, wallets. Oh, yeah, that's the robot money. Digital currencies have been tied up online with no easy way to bring them to the real world. I've got robot I money. I speak from experience. I've got robot money. Well, I don't know how to get it. Guess what? MoneyGram. That's why we're excited to share with you that you can now cash in and out of select digital wallets. That's me. That's what I need. 
at participating MoneyGram locations without a bank, credit card, or debit card. Give me it. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Pressing button <laughs> now. Flex your finances using the only digital wallets with real cash access activated by MoneyGram. Learn more at MoneyGram.com slash Stellar Wallets. wallets. Yeah. Get on it, Jason. I'm you pressing can... it, I'm pressing it, I'm okay. pressing it. But yeah, we just, we you know, grew around our little kit in the Northeast. And like David, that dude was, that lived with Daniel Bach, was like a surfer. So Rod gonna surfing for a little while. But, and then um, skateboarding. But that was, seems even harder to be a surfer. Yeah, he didn't, I mean, he didn't take it serious. In New York? Yeah, he didn't take it serious. But there was a, the mall, my brother worked at the one skate shop that was anywhere in shouting distance. And um, it's the Woodbridge Mall. Um, and he, was it? What's the skate shop called? Plus, Action Plus. Action. I feel like we did a Bones Brigade you, tour you there. You did, you did, yeah. For, I think like during the Swatch tour era. Yep. Um, but I'm, I got, I wasn't allowed to go on the Swatch tour. <laughs> Powell shut me down. Oh, really? They but you were on was, Swatch, right? I was, I was on Swatch briefly, but I was supposed to be on that Swatch Impact tour with the yeah. whole crew, Jeff Phillips and, and Kevin. And, and, and why couldn't you do it? Uh, Powell said it was like too. It was like too much of a sellout thing. Huh? Like Weird. It was too big. It was too corporate. Too mainstream. Oh, wow. Too That's mainstream. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I was signed up, and they. I'll never forget. They um. They had to edit me out of the promo photo, oh, and the, no. dude, the the guy who organized it was so pissed. Wow. Wow. And rightly so. Yeah. But dang, I didn't know I was gonna get kicked. I was gonna get kicked off Powell for doing it. That's crazy. You, That's a crazy choice. So did I've that, heard of Fosto making those choices, you know, but not to me. Was that the people. end of your Swatch career? Or did you end up getting on the team? No, I got on the team later, but I guess I they sent me a contract and I said I don't know why I'm going into the rabbit hole with this, but they sent me a contract in the mail and I mailed it back a couple days too late and they're like, You're not on the team. What? Uh, wow. Remember G Shock? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I got Steve Van Doren, bless his heart. He, uh, he's like, uh, there a lot of guys were getting G Shock watches. He's like, you want one? I was like, yeah, man, they look pretty cool. He's like, come over here, meet the owners. And I'm like, wow. okay. So now I'm talking to these. I think Casio, right? That was Japanese. I'm not. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty bad with that stuff. But uh, they couldn't speak very good English, and I, he gives me a watch. And I'm like, cool, man. It was like a real cool one. I was like, awesome. And he goes, this thing is like uh, unbreakable. And I go, oh, cool. And then he takes it back out of my hand and throws it on the ground and stomps it. And he's like, see, it's unbreakable. And then gives it back. And I'm like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for you that it's indestructible, but he just you, stood on my watch. <laughs> could you do that with the example with a different one? Yeah, can you give me another one? <laughs> Oh, but because it was all those dude. guys, I was like, oh, cool. Thanks for crushing my watch. Yep, there it is on all scratch. <laughs> all right. So did you go uh, see the Swatch yeah, Impact this, Tour? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You did? And that skate shop had, like, a wind sail for the logo, and they sold, like, surfboards, boogie boards, skateboards, snow stuff a little bit. But And there was no, like, no, no rideable water for anybody by, like, 40 miles or mm. something like that. Like, there was no waves anywhere, but it was called, like, wave... East or so, I don't know what the name was, but it had Action East or something. I don't know, but it was centered around like surfing and skating, even though there was no surfing anywhere, like no surfing until you went like a mile south of me. Um, but they made it work, and my brother was like, he's the main dude, and he did all the product ordering for the shop, so I'd hear about everything, you know, like from '79 on. Uh, 
But when, so when did you get uh, like affiliated with a company or a shop? Um, that's a good question. Uh, we did without, have, without we, the nepotism did, of your brother. No, okay, okay, yeah, <laughs> which was a big thing. Um, we eventually we rode for this skate shop, uh, TNA Outdoor Sports. I know you guys did a demo there for sure because okay. there's photos of you and Tommy skating, and I remember you guys skating on the and mini the, ramp or yeah, the street um, stuff. Street stuff, street okay. stuff. Yeah, that was the that was the rugged tour. Yeah, and it was like dudes with a tap, like a fishing equipment store. <laughs> TNA Outdoor Sports and skate, yeah. <laughs> and there was just these like you know they had like curly hair and gold chains and stuff what man what, what do you need what do you huh skateboard do what do you I don't know uh Chuck you, you know about this uh, skateboard stuff get over here like they had like one employee that kind of <laughs> knew but and they were carrying all the stuff but it was a tactic. that was shop. your sponsor yeah TN, TNF Sick. Outdoor Sports that was our first sponsor so we get like Powell decks on discount for like 30 bucks or something like that was Tommy a big influence for you because if you're Tom, into the bonus we're getting yeah oh yeah, yeah 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 definitely he was definitely like a guy that could yeah. ride transition but oh, he was a time. street dude well we'd all play like bones brigade and we'd all pick a dude i'd always pick tommy right. and um everyone would fight over who's gonna be tony <laughs> <laughs> but it was trippy like, but we'd like in it, try to interact and like be like we're we're doing making our own action you know whatever animal like, chin yeah, animal chin yeah so um yeah, by the time Animal Chin came, oh, we were full blown. Like that was it. We've been in New York City every other weekend and started skating Vert. And it, like you said earlier on, Vert was like a part of the scene at that point, you know. And it was like Vert and jump ramps. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, pretty much. That was and a little bit of curb stuff, but not really, you know. I feel like it's the same era. You and I are pretty because I feel like once the Chin thing came out, I yeah. was. That was full. never yeah. leaving skateboarding. Like no. that was, I was like, I know that exactly. was when I made the split, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Make <laughs> you like you were doing this, other sports then. Yeah, uh, yeah. When I first like '79, I was still playing soccer a lot. All right. And um, soccer is an awesome sport to grow up doing to help you skateboard better. Yeah, I believe the footwork. A lot of yeah, a lot of guys that were good when I was growing up used to be good at soccer. Yeah, and I was like, I, I feel like that really helped. For sure, it does, and the calves and glutes and whatever. Just uh, having foot control with your feet. Yeah. So yeah. you're saying I would have had a much better kickflip. I think violin. <laughs> I, I, think, I think you starting with I get violin what you're saying. It's okay. <laughs> was a bad idea. Yeah. I, you turned for out sure, right. though. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it was funny, man. And we'd all, like, kind of just, before Bones Brigade and all that stuff, we didn't know. We were, like, Surf Influence or whoever, T Tony Alva and skateboard, Skateboarder magazines. And then by the time, like, Bones Brigade video show, Thrasher had just started and, like, I remember seeing the Gons issue and, like, just being like, who is this guy, man? And all yeah. the answers, and there's, like, this rumor, like, he doesn't actually have a sister. He's just making up everything in the interview. And so we oh, didn't know. Oh, that was very likely. Yeah, and, yeah. like, <laughs> that, that, Chavo, El Chavo and stuff. Yeah. We're like, who's El Chavo? And, like, what's that stuff he's drawing on his grip tape? And, like, and then Neil Blender had the cover with the doll. With the oh yeah, with the uh, what do you call it? Like the voodoo doll. Voodoo doll. Yeah. Sorry. Like what? Who is this guy? Open up. We're like, whoa, my god, the art stuff and everything. So really early on, I began began to associate art with skateboarding because yeah. those two guys and my uh, my loyalty to Powell. I was like, I thought Powell was the best thing ever. Um, we all did. Yeah, yeah. That that's, it was. That was the arch archetype. Did you did you feel a sense of? Connection or pride just for East Coast? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I mean, and we, by the time I was like 14, he was start getting ready to shut skates, which later became became skate uh, 
Zoo York, right? So Rodney's kind of ideating on that, and we're skating a bunch. Um, and then he meets some kids from New York City. They all, Rod's dad is a contractor with all this equipment. So some of the New York City guys came down to Rod's to just make some boards because he had wood and a place to put it. Um, so super early on, you know, we got influenced by the New York City guys. And then we started getting, like, someone would have a van, and that van would be, like, the entire, like, East Coast. Like, all of the dudes that were any good were on shut, and we're driving up and down the, uh, the East Coast in the shut van. Or it had no name then. It was just, like, Rodney and the homies. And, um, oh, it wasn't got, even called shut. Yeah. yeah, no. It was before shut started. But it was, like, all the best skaters would be usually together. And, like, there was, like, three cars, you know? That, that had anywhere to go. So, yeah, that was the early thing of, like, getting in the car, going to v- Virginia Beach, going to Trashmore, going to, like... But it was, you, it was just more... It was Savannah, more Georgia. experience. It wasant like you guys were no. trying to do demos and stuff like that. No, not yet. Just, no, it, it was, was a contest. skate trip. Yeah, it was a skate trip. So we go up and down the East Coast to skate trips and skate contests. Right. Um, we No demos. We weren't, like, hip enough or, you know, we weren't in magazines or anything. Um, but yeah, I got let into it through Rod. That's so and, amazing, though, yeah. that you guys are just going DIY and totally becomes and that was it, it becomes like, the East Coast scene. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's it. Shut New York, like that was mm. that was New York. Yeah, like the Fork Posse, and then the the dudes that hung the out Fork at, Posse. Remember? Yeah, the <laughs> the Cedar Crest. Vir, yeah, Virginia Beach. They all had to like oh the branding, the branding, of branding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Fork. Yeah, and yeah, Sergi's, uh, Sergi's not a folk. It's a blog. Yeah. <laughs> Sergi's went a little awry. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I love Sergi. Yeah, he's the nicest dude. Right, yeah. he really is. Right. Yeah, super, super chill. So, did you get to skate Cedar Crest? Yeah, yeah. We, we were all padded up. It was a little intimidating. Like Mike Crescini. That's a badge and, of honor. Yeah, um, me, Kevin, and Mike had driven down to Virginia Beach, Mike's old haunts, and uh, we had homies and relatives and whatever. So. Yeah, that was that was like probably 84, 85. That ramp was huge. They built some monsters yeah. on yeah. that ramp. Oh, yeah. And then the whole thing was the width. We were like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, because like, all the revert ramps were like four times as wide as, right. as Tom's. So um, so when was your first uh, venture to the West Coast? That would be, okay, um, first trip ever was probably 83. Um, and I, oh, I still had like sketchy suspect pack like boards then. Like I would ride... Varifex completes or whatever I could get. Yeah. Varifex completes or Rod, Yeah. Or Rod's uh, broken down hand me downs or whatever I could have, get my hands on. But in that era, in 1985, we started, I was starting to get this awareness about the brands and Powell and all the stuff. Um, and, but so it, before that, it's just like I didn't, didn't care what I was riding. But by 85, it was like you had to have something kind of cool to ride. Um, and so anyway, my brother gave me, my dad moved in 83. My brother loaned me his uh, Sims Screamer. Do you remember the Sims Screamer? Yeah. <laughs> um, for the summer to go visit my dad. And this was 83, 84, I, I want to say. He let you borrow it. Yeah, borrow it for the <laughs> so summer. crazy. Wow. He had like two or three setups because he, he worked at the shop. So he loaned me that and I went to live with my dad for like a year um, but I want to say it was where like, was your dad? It was, your dad I, I think it was '83, um, Mount Washington, like uh, Highland Park, like LA, okay. Oh, okay. LA proper, like where I live now, which is the crazy mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, it's the hipster neighborhood now. Yeah. But when I lived up there, it was it was not super sketchy. Yeah. Like crazy artist commune style, and the gangster would be like, "It's a white boy, crazy white boys, man, They're coming in here. <laughs> <laughs> they don't get y'all, y'all. They'd be like, did you get grief for like, skating? The, the teachers teach, teach, teach." And you, you know, actually, yes. 
Um, you know, actually, the, the uh, colors, the movie colors, yeah. Yeah. when they're partying on the hill and the, the helicopters come, yeah. Yeah. that was my dad's hill. Yeah. That was the hill my dad lived on. So dirt Wait, road. So that you bombed it all the time? Uh, no, I, I had to scale down the side of it holding my board. Right. It was like the oh, steepest damn. hills you've ever seen, but no board, you know? And then I'd get to the liquor store, right? And, and then skate up and get some candy or whatever and um, try to avoid the gangsters. But would you get hassled by them because you were skating? They kind of gave you a pass, like, and they kind of gave, you know, my dad, like, the crazy white boy pass. <laughs> you know, they're like, teach, man. You know, my dad smoked weed a little bit, and so they were like, I'll just ignore him. No, that's a teach, man. Just leave him, let him go. Let him slide. <laughs> but they'd be looking at you like, hey, hey you see, you know, or whatever. Like, and I'd just be like, oh, I don't even know. Like, I had no idea what gangs were because we didn't have that on the East Coast at this point. But that was 83. Um, and that's when I borrowed that board. And then 84 was when I'd come back. And that's when the Bones Brigade video show came out. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it yep. was a wrap by that point. Like, uh, I was already the first ever VCRs, like, bringing down from upstairs to me and Rodney's little basement den. And we watched it start to finish. And then Rod left, and I watched it, like, nine times. <laughs> wow, that's really cool. <laughs> like, I just, just sat there, like, mesmerized for yeah. however long. Um, and that was it. By that time, I'd, I'd started to, like, skip uh, soccer practice. I was, Rodney and me had the distinct honor of playing in the varsity team as a freshman. And that was, like, a huge, like, it was like a, a golf clap, like, it was like, take your, take your, loot, your, your bow, take your bow, you know? Like, it was like, he, he's, you, get, you got the flowers, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you played on varsity as a freshman, it was their way of saying, this is our new guy. Uh. Yeah, so they'd, get, they'd let you out there a couple times, like a game or two, you know? And everybody would clap, and you'd be like, yes, all right, I'm on the I mean, You're not really on the varsity team yet, but they'd introduce you to everybody who was varsity, you know? And you'd have to just get in there on a tough school or something and just play defense for 15 minutes or whatever. Yeah. Um, and Rod had gotten that, and I think there was, like, probably 12 people in my high school, like school that got it from my coach. And so I was one of his chosen few, you know? Yeah. And so it was like I, I was cheating on him. Like when I would show up with a skateboard and like banged up knees or like couldn't do practice because I tweaked my ankle and st or something like that. So he basically gave me an ultimatum. He's uh, like, it's my way of the highway. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, he forced, he's like, and for a while I was like just humoring him. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to quit. And I'd still have my board and I'd hide it in my locker. I was like wow. just skating in early and leaving class a little late or practice a little late so he wouldn't see me on the board. So when did you sack up and tell him it's over? After, after, after my freshman year, like, immediately. So that you summer didn't tell after. Him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there was, like, traveler camps, and, like, I, my soccer was, like, year-round. Right. When you're super into it like that, you know? Yeah, um, my son was into it a lot, so it was, yeah. it was turning into a thing where it's, like, if he gets any better, you're yeah. traveling. Uh, and I was, like, I, I, good luck, but, boy, do I hope you don't <laughs> yeah. do that. Yeah. It's pretty trippy, because, like, nowadays... I don't nowadays, like soccer games, man. Yeah, nowadays... I mean, as a... Parent soccer game. Like oh. I, I watch a soccer game with yeah. adults, but when it's your kid and all these other parents have their kids, yeah, and people say stuff on the oh, other side, dude, definitely. It, it's, it's there's some heat. Un, yeah, man. Sometimes, <laughs> like if someone's like, "Get that little shit off," and I'm like, "That's my little shit," yeah. and don't call him a little shit, <laughs> or yes. I'm coming over there to uh. slap somebody. Like, uh, but I never did it. Yeah. But people dude, you, did a lot. You, you gave me the Ellis defense when I first moved 
back down to Encinitas and that whole area. Yeah. When I started working for um, Osiris Shoes, like yeah. 2002 or something. Yeah. And you're like, dude, Mike, and he only fucked with you, man. Let me know. <laughs> let him know. Let him know. It ain't going to happen. Like, what? I can't do the Australian accent. Why would dude, Mike? Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Why Aussie, did Aussie. I think anybody was going to fuck with I don't you? Know. I was like, I, I was like, should, should, it's Encinitas. Yeah, I was like, should I be worried? Like, what the. I like that. He's like, just, he's just flexed you're, on you're fine, mate. You're fine. I think maybe you're me. maybe because he was like hanging out in the vert. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know. You know, I'd like go to bars, and get hammered by myself. People would always think it was weird that he and I were standing next to each other. Yeah, we were like the un- how, like, why? And I'm like, <laughs> what? What do you mean? Like, dude, the he's a social experiment. The odd couple. <laughs> I always had a little like Matt Hensley and I were good friends, and people would say the same thing. Like, why are you hanging out with him? And I'm like, what? Because I can't only the picnic table. I'm not allowed to hang out with him. Yeah, yeah. Like, no. what is that? That is awesome. Yeah, and street skaters would be the same way. They'd be like, why are you hanging out with the vert guy? Yeah, you know? yes. No, it happened a lot. And then when Jason, even before that, when Jason Lee was doing a film up there, you were at the, you were living at the vert ramp that was indoors, right? It was like Collins ramp or yeah. something. Yeah. And I stayed with you that time. That was even earlier. That at was the like, ramp? Yeah. Because I lived at the ramp. They, they gave me the pad room. Mm-hmm. They took all their pads Which out. Which ramp? Uh, in Vancouver, they had a ramp, the oh. warehouse or something. I can't remember what it was called. But they had a really nice ramp in there. And they, the Red Dragons had a room that was for their pads. <laughs> yeah. And the Red Dragons agreed to give Jason the, the pad stinky room. pad room. I had a girlfriend. She lived with you. She was oh. at, I had a penthouse and hot. pet. And hot. She was really <laughs> hot. And she lived in the pad room with me. <laughs> and she would go to the gym to shower, and I would stand out the front and have somebody hit me with so the fire down. hose. Yeah. <laughs> the fire hose. Yeah, because yeah, they had a fire hose. I'm like, go for it. Shove against the wall. I'd be like, all right, I'm good to go again. Nice, yeah. nice. With, 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 with skate shorts on, so like not even <laughs> oh, washing. You're, you're washing those too. Oh, yeah, at the yeah. same time, yeah. Got it, yeah. Jake, I get Jake, that. I probably Jason had a dirty was, getting, dick for he was like making a, year. a film with Kevin Smith as a producer at that point called Drawing Flies, and the production was all happening like a block from that, these guys. Yeah. And I think I saw Ellis on the street one day. I was like, Ellis, what up? You know, I don't know how we first met. God only knows. Yeah. But um, I... I was sneaking in the vert ramp and hanging out with you after hours. And the cast would all go to sleep. They were in a huge, like, loft. Yeah. And with, like, the, you know, Jason and his girlfriend and his wife had the, on their own room. And, you know, it was kind of like a, a fixed-up loft space. But then you go to the skate ramp, and it was just, like, pads. There was no table. There was no television. There was no phone. Like, I was just no. like, wow, this is kind of like camping. Turn everything off at the bit. end of the night. Everybody leaves. And <laughs> me and Alice would go get drunk at that bar that they used to like clean the glasses, right? And everyone drank Clamato beer. What is oh, that? Oh, no. Everybody. Like your beer, the place was so sketchy that your beer tasted like Clorox. That's how bad like the place Ew. was. There was. It was so sketchy. They had to Clorox that like, who cleans? That was, really, my, like, that was my local we, pub. We used to dare each other to drink Clamato. <laughs> it's, it I, could, I could not understand. I was like, okay, tomato juice Nasty in beer, but still tomato juice. I grew up so. it, where I was like, tomato juice is my friend. I'm okay with it. Yeah. But you put clams? <laughs> clams, yeah. You put clams in it? Why? Yeah. Why would you put a clam? I don't want to eat a clam. I don't want to be, I, I, I don't want to drink a beer with a clam in the room. That bar was infamous because that's where everybody went to party. Yeah. It was like 
the scallywag or something. Something And it trashy. was like all themed and like, it was like Nordica, Nordic like fishing and oh, wow. uh, all themed with that memory. and super cheap beers. And so after the film would strike. Wait, so you're, Jason's shooting the film. Yeah. I'm just hanging out with You're those. hanging. Yeah. You're chilling. I had You're like not in one the film. cameo. No, I had like one, okay. two cameos, about five lines. <laughs> when Jason started pursuing acting full on, yeah. were you going with him to try to do that as well? Me and Jason took acting lessons. Like we're like 16, 17 or something like that, really young. And, um, and then Jason met his girlfriend, um, Marissa Rubisi. And her brother's Giovanni Rubisi from all mm-hmm. the films and stuff like that. His mom managed everyone, managed them. And um, she was super progressive and let all skaters crash in the back room um, with Jason's girlfriend's house, Marissa's house. And, like, we got to know, we got to know about acting through Giovanni and, you know, her. Yeah. Um, and Jason got super, like, trained. Not trained, because he was so funny. You know what I mean? He just had someone yeah, had to like was, yeah. show him the the instrument, kind of. Yeah. But he had done like we had done all our own skits, like made movies and whatever, and like obsessed about D- James Dean and jazz music, like um, up and down. You know, Jason just took it like twice as serious as me, and yeah. he was way naturally better at it than me. Right. Yeah. Do you think that deterred you? Um, I don't know what it did, but I I was always a little bit shy. Like, it wasn't your passion. And J- Jason was never shy. Right. Like, he's like, not that much Jay Lee in the house. What's up? Right. What's up, man? Yeah. Jay Lee's <laughs> running the show here. What's up? Thassa. Thassa. Throw out a 360 flip. Thassa. Yeah. What's up? Like, you know, like, he was the dude, you know? He was, like, the cool he guy. Would, he would command a room for yeah. sure. Yeah, and, and be like, what's up, man? Where's Mark? What's, what's going on here, Gonzalez, you know? Yeah, yeah. What's going on here? And, you know, like, he'd be the first to give you the stink eye if you were like, hey, we're going to go gonna go over to my buddy's house and, like, maybe go to this bar. He'd be like, no, we're not. What are, you, what are you talking about? Who is? Who are they? You know, like, he was already like, I'm somebody. You know, like, he just had that <laughs> charisma. But did, you're, I was you're just, like, a shy, to... like, hey, um, I'm Jason's friend, Dune. <laughs> but you, you're trying to create a company with him at the yeah, time. at the time, yeah. So did that distract from the company or did a that... A bit, but, like, he was just so good at everything he did that, like, a tenth of him was good enough to be pro for a few years more in skateboarding. Because right. he, like, he had it all figured out. I, and I'm, now I'm thinking back to when I first met him. We were all at this point, like, one foot, one foot tail grab, Matt Hensley was pop, getting popular. All of us could do the kickflip, but it was, like, the most bony rocket flip in the world yeah and um super straight up yeah it just you know pray for god yeah. and like just and just jam your front <laughs> yeah. foot off the top of the nose and jason was the only person at that particular time that was like kick flipped three times in a row because it was so un- under control for him and yeah. he'd be like what did he just he just did four kick flips in a row yeah and then do like a kick flip manual and then you know land that do a whip shove it back to 180 flip half cab flip 360 flip keep pushing and we were like what the hell? What did he just do? Yeah. You know, because at that point in time, like, maybe one of your buddies would be like, oh, man, my board kind of flips this way, but for some reason I could do heel flips, you know? Yeah. But there, it was always fluky. No one had them consistent. No, nobody could do them to anything. Yeah. And Jason was the first person I ever saw do that. Um, 
And I mean, so, he, he was he was the first one to bring it into the street realm. Yeah. yeah. You know, Rodney created it, mm-hmm. and we were all baffled by it. And then Jason's like, oh, I could do that. And make over it look the stylish. Yeah. 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 So he had he had everything going for him at that point, and I was just like his mousy little sidekick, you know, <laughs> kind of, which yeah, is good I enough for me. I know how that feels. <laughs> I could deal with, like, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm like, you know, Jason's... Not mousy. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> Same here, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, hey, it's like, it's easy to figure out. Like, Tony got into it because he's Tony. Us, it's like, what, what, how did you guys get in here? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, you because you're a, a badass and, like, a tough guy. And I'm, because me, because I'm an artsy guy that, like, you know But you I mean? guys were, I mean, I, yes, I, I started skating when it was not popular, but you guys started skating against all odds because no one was skating. Yeah, that's true. Um, I at least had... Southern California on my side. So my brother was skating. People were skating in that moment. Yeah. And then little did I realize that as I started to fall in love with it, they were all quitting. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're saying is Chris and I are way more hardcore than you. (laughs) Way more hardcore. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) We had indoor winners. There you go. (laughs) And you stuck through the dead Uh, years of starting a company. Yeah. Which was not easy. For sure. But I could tell he didn't do it to make, like, to be the biggest company in the world. He did it because... He's a skateboarder yeah, and his not, whole, but, like, same reason you skated when I guess skateboarding that. looked like it wasn't going to do anything. Sure, I get that. But if you're, you're talking about the years 92 to 95, yeah. trying to keep a skate company alive was next to impossible. Yes. Right. I mean, yes. we kept, you know, I'm sure you could speak for yourself, but we kept decreasing our salaries, cutting all the costs, yes. and just making it work day by day. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, well, I'm glad so you Jason both was, did. yeah, and, and Jason was still so good at skateboarding when he stepped away from acting. That he has, he lasted another like couple years, just skating like with one fourth of his life, you know, or one fifth of his life, and the other four fifths were acting and whatever he was doing. And he'd come up to SF and visit when we first launched Stereo, and he'd still be better than everybody. Shit. You know what I mean? Like it took him, yeah. it took like '96 for people to be doing kickflips as consistently and into back tails, mm-hmm. and you know what I mean? Like he was yeah. the only one doing he, that stuff. Mark Gonzalez um, brought him to Australia in. 89, I think. Yeah. And was it was trying to tell to me. Sell, him, sell people on it. Well, yeah. Dude, he does 360 flips. That's, That's the what he was doing game. to me. Like, uh, so we're, uh, in the, we're all in the parking lot. His name's Jason Lee. Uh, much time with Mark. That's how he calls him. <laughs> he did that. He hammered us to the point where we all stopped the car and got out, yeah. and Jason Lee did a, a 360 yeah. flip. Yeah. And then we all sat around going, what, what did that do again? <laughs> can you slow that down? Like, and then we all tried it, and everybody laughed because yeah. none of us could make it work at all. Yeah. And we were all just like, who is this dude? And yeah. then he skated the vert because Mark was here for vert. Vert. Yeah. So we, we didn't go to a street course. We went to yeah. a vert ramp only. And Jay Lee would have pads and do backside airs and backside only to tails. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, dude, I mean, this guy's. Yeah. I think it was Chris Miller. Somebody, one of the older guys was saying about Gans, like, man, if he had like just decided to, on, on, the, yeah. right, get, on the right given day, Gans could win a vert contest. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like in, the, in that era of like 84 yeah. he had a crazy to bag. 92 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like he, you know, they called him Pad Slam Man, I think, at Lance's ramp. And he Did hated they? that. Yeah. I, I didn't, I just, he'd be like, Slam Man, no way, man. You know, because like those guys that were super old friends would get together and be like, Mike, remember Slam Man? And I remember skating Lance's with Gans. Yeah. Yeah, wow. probably like mid 80s or something yep, like that. Yep. So what? at what point did you decide, okay, I'm going to, 
lean into being the company guy and not skating? Um, pretty early, pretty early. I, I guess because like in the turn between like soccer and skate, I like went down like five levels of difficulty as far as how good I was, you know, because I was like, I was a soccer pro because I had been playing since I was three. So I skated from the time I was three till I was 12 and then stepped on a skateboard in between there and got like a full-blown skateboard at my 12th birthday around that time. And um, I, had to, I had to work so hard to try to be good and I still wasn't really good enough. You know, um, but I saw all the art and the music and all of the stuff that came with like skating at an abandoned train station with my boys till like eight or nine at night and like boombox, public enemy blaring, the clash blaring. And we're just trying well, to get plans. You were devoted to the lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I was like, man, I, these guys are like telling me about bands and everything and like other places to skate and eat food. And, you know, they think they've been to the shore. They've been to the Jersey Shore. And, um, so, <laughs> wow, <yeah. laughs> that's huge. So, um, they've been in New York and all this stuff. So the older guys, you know, um, and I was just kind of like, I don't know. It's funny. Cause when I'm learning about Stacy, like I, I've always felt like I was a better idea guy than I was like front man. Sure. Um, but I feel like in, in those early days, I knew you as a skater. So, yeah. You know, it wasn't until you guys started Blue and then eventually Stereo where I thought of you as more as, you know... Art, yeah, artist. Behind the scenes. Totally. And, and, yeah, and a curator. So I, I was just wondering, at one point did you say, all right, I'm I'm not going to try so hard to stack clips. Yeah. It clicked um, when we started Blue. Because all of a sudden, I <clears throat> and Brad Dorfman, God bless his soul, um, well, he's still here with us, but Brad, like, Vision Skateboards was like, you know top of the pole. I guess I say that because it's like he went from Vision Skate Escape to Brad Dorfman who was like, you want to do a company with me? Right. You know, so it was like the Vision had died kind of. Yeah. And um, I remember we're like, we were like, the dude that started Vision wants to start a company and Christian Klein had introduced me to him had meetings with Brad Dorfman he had like the the, the uh, mullet. The yeah, mullet. The, mullet, yeah. the Dorfman mullet. Let me see here. Yeah. That is an insane haircut, even for that. Uh, <laughs> and and we have to go to Brad. And, uh, <laughs> me and Jason, you just call him. <laughs> Dude, I was, I was, was sponsored name. by like, Vision. amazing. Head to toe Vision Streetwear and Vision Skateboards through the distributor in Australia who ended up being the, the biggest distributor in Australia by far. Yeah. But the two brothers... Ha- idolized him huh. and had his haircut. <laughs> so one of them just straight up oh, that's had when I met the him. mullet. That's yeah. when I met him, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yes. So they were being, I was like dealing with like this small time Australian Brad Dorfman yeah. who was running my life and every time I ever saw the actual Dorfman. Are those the dudes that started Globe? The same? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Hill uh, the Hill Brothers. Yes. Good dudes. But there was a time there where I remember thinking I was the coolest person at the ramp. And if you yeah. took a photo of it and showed me now, I'd be like, please kill me. Why? Well, I, I just looked like the most disgusting billboard that had ever existed. At one point, I even wore the Gator Beret with the, <laughs> with the, with the maze on uh, it. And yeah. it was like, yeah. Yeah. I'm cool. Yeah. No, I mean, I think like I had started to bring uh, ideas into world, like when, we, when I wrote for World Industries. Mm-hmm. And um, Mark McKee, you know, I'd yep. be trying to sell him on stuff. And, Eventually, I landed on that Dune cartoon graphic, but I wasn't really feeling like the car- super cartoony stuff. Um, but I, you know, I, I wrote it because that's what my sponsor made for a mm-hmm. while. But um, and it was off the wall, like at the time. Like Mark McKee's work was amazing. I mean, you know, it's like Powell level of difficulty. Um, 
And, you know, I guess like, I don't know. I sort of knew we got, this guy wanted me to start this company with Brad Dorfman, Christian Klein. And I knew that I wasn't really going to want it to look like Vision. So I said, all right, well, what if I like call the, the company by my own name and stuff? And Christian's like, let me ask Brad, you know, a couple days go by. Brad says it's cool. And I'm like, really? All right, cool. So I came up with the company name. And it's like two weeks later, Brad wants you guys to make a logo. Oh, sh- really? A logo? I guess we do need a logo. And I put like four bars behind a blue a lettering, low, all lower, lowercase, it said blue. And that was, those first products were like kind of inspired by old album stuff and sort of blue note, like folk music and jazz and whatever yeah, yeah. I was into. And um, yeah, so it was like weird. That was like my artsy folky like brand was blue. And I looked for anything old. Like, you know, we used a jazz logo as one of the blue logos in 1992. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but we were fully like green. Like we were, we just, like we thought James Dean was cool. Mm-hmm. We thought red wine was cool. We thought the fifties were cool. <laughs> I don't know. That's yeah. enough. We're, it that, does that make sense enough. when you say that because you guys were on your own. Nobody was doing what you guys were doing. Yeah. And when you just say those are the, the inspirations, thrift it's like stores. no wonder you were doing I, your we, own thing. Me and Jason loved thrift stores, you know, and that was what? The t- thrift stores. Oh, okay, like, right. Yeah, the world tour is like, you know, like Shiloh and everybody, Kareem, they would go to the mall and like buy jewelry yeah. or like sporting goods stuff. I mean, Jason, but can you, can you drop us off at Goodwill? That was yeah. Ocean. So I was traveling, traveling with Ocean was like that. <laughs> the Eagle Relic, just a great thrift store, man. Wow. <laughs> you got to check it out. Yeah, that's, that's where we separate right Yeah. <laughs> I'm a you were going to the thrift store, I was going back to the train you're, station. You're, yeah. You're I did buy a couple of things from thrift so then it just But it was, became such a no, normal like thing. It's like, what do you guys want for a jacket? Thrift store jacket. What do you guys want for logo? Records. Oh, and then recreate that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. we wanted to create yeah. our little it, world. It definitely, with like it, it James had, Dean and Miles Davis. It, and it definitely had a unique and iconic look for what you were doing. So that was And, that and was Jason, I mean, he had such a huge personality that it was really easy for me to come up with vibey like, graphics for him. Mm-hmm. You know, like had it been just me, like no offense to myself, but we probably would have never left Vision. And um, <laughs> I trusted it because Jason got on board and I started to be able to come up with all these ideas. And Jason was like my muse kind of a little bit for yeah. me being like, he'll sell it. And like, you know, of course, Jason would sell, sell like 2,000 boards or whatever. And I'd be moving like 20 boards or something a month. And, um, but I was the idea guy, you know. And so what, what is it now? I mean, we're both, obviously, Jason's more like involved creatively back, you know, than he was back then. Um, but he's so busy, you know. So it's like I'm still kind of the same setup. I mean, I'm like. I explain everything to him. I bring everything to him, kind of, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it was like that from day one almost because I was like, dude, dude, that's Jason Lee. That's the guy that does Kate for Packs or Tell Size. I'm going to make the graphics, okay? It's okay that I can't all, all these gons. Are yeah. you still skating leisurely? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like I sucked. It just... No, I but I mean now. Um, oh, Jason. Um, you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This I, is oh, your interview. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. We love Jason. I know. When yeah. you guys first came up, I was like, do they want me to host something? Or... <laughs> yeah. They want, they want to interview me? Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, man, it was crazy. But like, you're still skating, just cruising. Just definitely. It's yep. like curbs. That whole thing is like, I don't know, like around 2014, thing, 15. Um, I don't want to be conceited enough to say like I started it, but I had a knee surgery 2000. 12 to 2013, around that time, I wasn't allowed to really skate. 
and I had nowhere to, to like skate really because I, I couldn't do it anymore. Like I couldn't jump down the stairs. I couldn't skate a vert ramp when I first came back off of knee surgery. And um, one thing I did was fuck around at the Red Curbs at Home Depot near my house. Yeah. And people had skated them a couple times, like Jason Hernandez and his homies came and, and like they were one of their first people like tune it up and make it like actually really skatable. Yeah. Um, but I was hitting it as my Home Depot. Like, oh, I got to pick up some sugar, some uh, sand because there's a flood in the basement and I got to skate the curb. Yeah. And, um, and at first it was me trying to convince everybody at the skate park to go to the curbs. And then eventually the curbs be became its own spot. Yeah. And like there was its own session, like, a Bethel and you know Tim from yep. Friendship and what all this different guy all these Tim, different guys. Tim is Tim is our filmer. Oh, he's oh like, yeah. He's, he yeah. and Abe are curb, and he kills curb killers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he destroys it. And um, like yeah. So but, but they ride on the backs of giants. So. <laughs> uh -huh. That's what we're I trying to get. I didn't want to sound to. that That's, cocky. It's okay. <laughs> I didn't want to sound. I mean, obviously, curb's been curb skating <laughs> from Lance and you know. And you brought it to another level. Yeah. But I, I guess I brought it to the modern day. Because what happened go. was I was posting skate or uh, curve videos on my Instagram. And at first I was like, man, this is, I'm going to get so hassled. Everyone's going to be like, dude, enough already. We've seen the front side slappy. Yeah. And um, I was really self-conscious about it. Like I'd ask some of my friends, like, what do you think, man? Should I to put, this is another feeble grind. Like, and I was kind of like, ah, I might lose a bunch of like a couple thousand followers, but I'm going to start posting all these curb clips. And eventually... There was enough dudes interested to come from like South, was that the South Pasadena Park to come with me to Home Depot, and then our crew just took off, you know. And um, those some of those guys have actually taken it way hard, more hardcore than I ever could because I still juggle four or five jobs. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's a scene, man. It's it's and it I, like it's, I said at first, I thought I was scared to bring it to everybody, and then when I started posting it, there was all these like thirty-five to forty-five-year-old design nerds that worked in like studios in downtown LA or like in midtown New York City or whatever. Oh, like fashion yeah. Fashion dudes. Uh, uh, no, it's prolific. Yeah, and like, or like in the middle of nowhere and all they had was like a Kmart parking lot yeah. or whatever, you know? But also and they're at, they're at the they're, age, you know, they, somewhere they between dads. our ages where it's like, yeah, this is the impact that I want to take. That's yeah. it. But and they were like writing me, thanking me. Like, yeah. dude, thank you so much for bringing back the whole parking lot thing, dude. Like it's we, you know, I can skate now because I don't have more than forty-five minutes. I'm driving from work home, and and I only have forty-five minutes before I have to pick up my daughter. Yeah, you know, so I started skating curbs because of you. Thanks. <laughs> that's so that's sick. awesome. Yeah. So it's you and should it's teach sort of, me. That's I would where love he kind of like you. left. I, like, can you give me some I had basics? Left it out. Like, okay, I only have forty-five minutes to skate. Yeah. I never kind of like pushed it like too far beyond that. Well, that's funny because but <laughs> I, I on the other end of that when I was skating. That was kind of my time frame too. Cause yeah. I, I would have like, oh, I gotta go pick up Katie from school. Like, I gotta get this session. Finished. I remember when I started yeah. skating again, and he that made me feel so good. That's why I won't forget it. But it was about forty five minutes, and I was like really getting tired. And he goes, and I said, dude, I'm, I can barely like my legs are giving out. And he's like, yeah, man, that's kind of my time limit. Like forty five minutes is what happens. Yeah. That's, that <laughs> but it also is not just because of being tired, but also because financially, like, like lives in the way. Physically. Yeah. <laughs> but I skated with those guys. I skated with yeah. Abe and Tim and a couple other guys, uh, this curb in San Marcos. Yeah, and I saw the clip. You did the board side feeble. Yeah, that I was, so was on that. frightening. <laughs> no, I did I did a shove at board side. That okay. was my oh, big that's... move. Oh, okay. okay. Shove yeah, it to lip slide. Okay. Because I'm taking that my bird tricks. Me out. That one's that's a tough one, dude. Yeah, that was really it's like scary. Jump into it, kind of. Like yeah, you got and you got to make sure you don't overturn it. And yeah. then all I can picture is my shins hitting the curb. And yeah, it was frightening. But um, it, someone it told was, me that was called the Am Dance. When I start, I started doing those. At like, oh, like, really? And just 
regular board side, backside lip side. And, um, and the oh, no, crew, no, I'm shoving into it. Oh, shoving it. Okay, so like shove it that way and then jump into a yes, lip side. So yeah. shove it this way. Yeah, no, yeah, yours curb. is harder. Yours okay. is doing the, the dance. I get it. <laughs> we they're, are they're in both the weeds. Dances. They're in the weeds. That's how the we curb do it here. I thought it was super cool. Move. I mean, all the like curb dudes <laughs> that were like more in, into, into it than me were like, it's called the Am Shuffle. That's what it's called. Like the flat bar guys. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not that. <laughs> we should have. A I haven't. I haven't course. been accepted that much. What? <laughs> we should have a street course in the studio. All right. It's like, how do you actually that's, do it? That's the beauty of like, I I have at my house. I possess a parking lot about three times the size, and I have curbs. So you're going? Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's. I mean, I front literally. You have to jump on my. I have to jump on my board, and then I'm in a slappy. But, so um, so open session Thursdays. I'm down. Yeah. Just, uh, anyone can I, come in? You guys can come. I'll bring you're you're going to carry on okay, the tradition I'll bring of the whole some oranges. Oh, that'd be so <laughs> and cool. Some Gatorade. Some spices. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll see. Yeah. We brought it, was like, it was like that. And we brought it full circle. Dude, seriously. And we used to look at like Tom's room. I felt so bad because we were like spying on him, you know? Like, what's, his, what's he like? Dude, he won't come out. <laughs> Damn. And then Jim Murphy was at the time pro and living in New Jersey and going to Rutgers College. Mm-hmm. And uh, same thing with him. Be like, dude, Murph lives over there. What? No way. And Murph would go to Tom's. And I think Tom was more a, a more reluctant, reluctant superstar. superhero. Yeah. And um, and he definitely like it was him, Jim Murphy, Chuck Treese, and there, those were the older dudes, you know. Yeah. And, and we were like the Groms. <laughs> no, I love that we brought a full circle. Yeah. In, in that you, you would go skate Tom's. Yeah. And now you are bringing the curb. Yeah, dude. It's it's fun. The, the curb movement. Yeah, Into the I, I gotta thank this dude first of all for being one of the founding fathers of everything. Oh, I know. thank you, Tom. Really skateboarding, it. and Jason for always being my unli- highly unlikely. <laughs> hey, I always. <laughs> it was weird, right? Ellison Pass. So I remember Tom, this on it. I'll never forget it, dude. I'll never forget it. Feels good. Hell yeah! Yeah, let's go. I feel like there's, there's, there's sparks coming off that handshake. That's you know what? I can relate to him from being a New Jersey guy because with New Jersey tough guys, like Aussie tough guys. Oh yeah. Is that what it was, you think? Because yeah. I just re- always Dude, remember this is such when, an odd When I came out to California, we, and like, like, we got it. When I came out to California and like started getting flowed stuff from like the world guys or whatever, one of those guys, like, or one of the like curb, hell curb guys from Huntington would try to fuck, like jokingly fuck with me or be like, move, move your shit or something and say something to me. I'd be like, what? And I'd get all squared up like I was going to start fighting him. And they'd be like, well, slow down, dude. We. We don't ever fight down uh, out here. We don't yeah. ever fight. We just talk shit. We just talk shit. I'm like, oh, <laughs> really? I'm like, wow. Because the last time somebody called me the B word, we yeah. fought. We, <laughs> we yeah, fought. right. <laughs> you better be a real good friend if you're going to be using the B word. <laughs> and, uh, growing up in New Jersey, it was like, yeah, we were. Everyone had to go like ch- train to be like a light boxer because <laughs> it was like not an uncommon thing for yeah. sports dudes. Just be like, that's it. We're fighting. Oh, you know? there it goes. Yeah. There it is. There's it's the not the surfer dude. The surfer dude would be like, yeah, man, <laughs> Ooh, I'm out of here, bro. I don't even care about your harsh vibes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what is so that? Us, so us, like, East Coast skaters, like, you know, Felix Arguez, the rhythm, the rebel, without a cause, and pulling lower in your level. Yeah. Shut to hell, you know, everything was, like, shut posse, you know, all day long, and, like, That's why I always got a lot of those dudes. Red Alert, like, used yeah. to come out with this mixtape, and we would skate to that. Yes! The rhythm, the rebel, without a cause, I'm lowering my level. And uh, I come out of like this brown van we'd come out of and like weed smoke would quaff everywhere. Hell yeah. Like, oh man, these guys are like New York City guys. Dude. Yeah. Leave them alone. Yeah. That's what's up. Well, it's good you have that. It's good you have that. 
<laughs> distinct memory. Yeah, yeah. that and foundation. I moved, I moved, yeah, so when I moved out to California, I was like, hey, I can kind of almost hang with tough guys. <laughs> yes. There we go. And, and Klein, Klein and those guys were like, we didn't know. That fight thing doesn't happen. Never gets to that. It never escalates <laughs> yes. to that. I'm like, yes. good to know. Not to self. Hey. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks for thanks for doing our show. And of course, and dude. Sharing Anytime. stories. Yeah. And uh, we'll we'll come back with Jason. Let's do it. And then we can make it about Jason. Yeah. And you. Edit out my stuttering. I apologize. What? <laughs> stuttering. Yeah. Plus, uh, proof that I'm still the idea guy right there. <laughs> <laughs> How unfinished my work is. You can see. All right, you can go pee now. Yay! <laughs> Thanks, Dune. Subscribe. Like and urinate. How did we get the nickname Dune? How did you get the nickname Dune? Okay, my godbrother Rodney made up nicknames for everybody. Uh, I won't tell you my first couple ones, but I ended up on Mardoon. And that was because my brother would tease me about this neighborhood math guy that was like a math whiz. And his name was Martin. And he'd say, you're not my brother. You're, you're Martin's br brother, Mardoon. You're, you're hanging out with Martin, Martin Wong, and your name is Mardoon. And I'd be like, no, I'm not Mardoon. I'm not Mardoon, I'm Chris. You know, and he, my, he introduced me to his, his friends as Mardoon and be like, and I'd be like, what about my name, Chris? Like, no one get, got to know me as Chris. And then those guys, the, the posse, like, sh posse chopped it into Dune. Well, yeah. So, I'm about well, you embrace it. Yeah, yeah. By this, okay, this time, well, that's, that's the moral of the story. That's how we did it on Hulk vs. <laughs> Wolf. Exclusive. Woo! That was a, Bonus. That was a, such a long